From the studios of WHUPLP in Hillsboro, North Carolina, this is Dirty White Belt Radio. Innovative, often duplicated When enough people get on the trend I elevate it, make it way harder For them to follow what I take It hard to swallow like a lozenger Lodged in your trachea Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up So just take your stuff Rake it up and take the bus Never fake the funk, you painted skunks You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space So the weight is up Fight, Ricardo de la Hiva is a low-key legend. For someone that's as accomplished as he is and as influential as he's been, you don't hear a lot from him. But if you do get the chance to train with him, you see two things. You see how thoughtful and intelligent a man he is, and you see how loyal his black belts are to him. This is our 100th episode of Dirty White Belt Radio, and we wanted to do something special for it. So for the show, we traveled to Maryland to train with Ricardo de la Hiva and his fourth-degree black belt, Vicente Jr., at BJJ Conquest in Millersville, Maryland. We talked with the two of them together over breakfast before the seminar, and we covered a wide range of topics. I wanted to hear from Master De La Hiva about training with Carlson Gracie, especially as a smaller person training among the greats like Marilla Bustamante. We also got Master De La Hiva's thoughts about whether competition is tougher now than it was when he was training, about Carlson's attitude toward tournaments, and about how Master De La Hiva feels about the term creante, as well as loyalty in jiu-jitsu generally. We also got into the role of self-defense in jiu-jitsu, whether Carlson taught the Elio Gracie self-defense curriculum, things like that. And you know that we had to ask about what it's like to have a guard named after you. For me, the most interesting parts involved watching the interplay between Master De La Hiva and Vicente Jr., who's been his student for 20 years or more, and was involved in De La Hiva's return to competition at the age of 39, which, by the way, he entered in the adult division. You're going to hear all of these stories and more on this, which is the 100th episode of Dirty White Belt Radio. How long have you been training with Master De La Hiva? For about like 20 years. Mm-hmm. 20 years. Um, we start back in 96, 97. And what made you pick his school? Uh, it's, it's Actually, it's a funny story. Um, I, I started Jiu-Jitsu. I'm from Sao Paulo, Southeast Brazil, but I was when I was 13 years old, I moved to the Northeast. So I started Jiu-Jitsu over there at North Brazil. Then... Uh, when I was a purple belt, I started traveling to Rio for a world championship, uh, Brazilian nationals. And uh, at one point, um, I was a stay and one of my, um, it wasn't my friend, actually, it was like, I used to work in this gym. And the owner of the gym, she had a cousin that lives in, used to live in Rio. So she set up to me stay at her house. And coincidence, she she's she used to live. I don't know if she's there still. Uh, like few blocks from Master De La Hiva Academy, and uh, and I was at at the at the bus stop just waiting for the bus to go to met my friends. And um, uh, as I was waiting for the bus, I start hearing like people like running like little steps and 
counting and I was just like then I look and it was like about like second or third floor big window was open so I, I saw those guys with geese running then I was like oh that's a jiu-jitsu academy over there so then I took my bus I went whatever I was about to go then the next day morning I was there um for the class the class and i actually was talking about this story yesterday last night it's like i still remember kind of like was yesterday i walk in the door then it was like 6 30 a.m and master de la Hiva was like uh mopping the mats like cleaning the gym for his for start the class and i still remember i walk in and i was just like oh uh, this is a de la Hiva academy then he just like yeah that's me then he put his hands on my shoulder and I still remember, like, he's like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from Maceió and North Brazil. Then he's just like, oh, man, you're welcome. Uh, you can come here anytime you want and blah, blah, blah. That's how we met, and uh, that's how I started to train there. Do you remember that first meeting? And what are, you, what are some of your early memories of, of training with VJ? For sure, I remember because uh, when he came to my gym this day, when I cleaned the mat, the first thing he said, he said, yeah, you need uh, the help. Oh, for sure, man. Uh, you can put your gear to help in my class here, to train my, my, my guys, you know. And this, this is the, my, my first memory from uh, VJ in, in, in my gym. Very gentle, you know. And then for sure, his, his, his technique, you know. During the class, he respect the, the mat with my, my guys, you know. Like, train like, like a gentle guy, you know like a gentleman, you know. And then I, I saw him this, I said, oh, it's, it's very important for the, the sport, you know, guys like, like him. Like, uh, train hard, but respect, you know, and then support. And then, but the first uh, word he said, you need uh, help to, to clean the mat, and then, no, no, no problem. I take care here, and put your gear, and then you help better in, in the mat. <laughs> So a lot of people know you from the guard that bears your name. And I'm wondering, do you remember the first person or the first time you heard it referred to as the De La Hiva guard or De La Hiva's guard? No, sorry, but uh, I don't know because I, I, I trained when I was young. I, I remember I, the first time I, I was brown belt and then I started to, to play. But I don't remember exactly what guy or... Because we, we share the techniques, each, each one in, in classroom grade school, you know. And then sometimes you improve some technique and then you, you try to do some, some stuff, you know. But exactly the day, the, the, the person I trained, I, I didn't remember. It's, it's impossible. But uh, during the, the, the class, it's like I'm brown, belt, and then I start to, to play the Deva guard. What's it like to have a guard named after you? Is it a flattering thing or is it kind of a strange thing for you? Do, do you call it the De La Hiva guard? Like when you visit academies and you hear people talking, like, like, is, that, is that something that you're proud of? Like how, how is that for you? I feel very proud, you know. For sure, uh, I feel a little pressure, you know, because I have my name. And then I, I, I keep improving the De La Hiva guard and I, I need to keep training, you know. But it's very important. The, the technique uh, keep uh, the people keep using and then and work very well. And then this is the, the most important for me. I'd like to ask both of you guys this question: What do you think the most common mistake you see in people that play daily Hivagard? Like, what, what's the most common error or the thing that you would tell most people to fix if you could? For me, it's not because you know you need to to try, right? For sure, sometimes you 
I, I never said uh, the position is wrong, you know, because uh, each one have the, the, his own uh, style or uh, different uh, bodies, you know, and then it's, it's not wrong. I, what do you think, uh, Vijay, about this? <laughs> it's funny because actually <laughs> I, I learned that from you. Like every time I see, actually, uh, Jeff, I think I probably mentioned that uh, training with you or teaching seminar did before. Uh, yeah, did show some stuff. Today? Yeah, <laughs> did you? Did if you if I see you doing something, I always say like, oh, Jeff is teaching different than I do. I never, I never say that. Oh, it's it, he he did wrong. You know, like that's his way to do. But I don't know. I think it's the most most common mistake that I see with uh, people that I I train or what places that I go to teach seminar, I think sometimes is the hook. You know, like obviously every every person has a has a body type is not flexible enough. Sometimes the leg is short. Sometimes the leg, you know what I mean, is thicker. But I think like people sometimes like don't have that the hook on behind the leg or cross or it, it doesn't matter if it's like on the on the thigh or behind the knee but like sometimes they just like go for the leg there but they don't have the foot in and I think that's the most mistake and to me that's the Delahiva hook that's the key of everything you know that foot there behind the behind the leg uh, and for me the big mistake is when you didn't try the position you know <laughs> it's better you to try you know one, two, you sometimes you you lose the position, but you, you need to keep to try. You know, this is the most important. I've heard you talk about jujitsu continuing to evolve and explore the positions, and a lot of the the variations that people have on the daily guard, like the barambolo, is very popular these days. I'm wondering what you what you think about the barambolo and how it relates to the daily guard. Yeah, uh, but you know, to do the the barambolo, you need to to put the daily guard, right? But for my game, my own game. For me, it's, it's hard to use the, the betting ball, you know, but it's a, it's a bit of position. I, I saw people do the, the betting ball a lot, although, but for my age now, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard to, to move like faster, like like the, the, the young guys do the betting ball, but it's an amazing position. I think uh, people improve more and then doing the other kinds of techniques in the leva hook. You, you mentioned your age, and like I'm curious about what your you think the key is to longevity in jiu-jitsu because you're still very active, still trained, still healthy. What would you say to somebody who's like younger that's like, oh man, I want to be like that when I'm when I'm older? Uh, how do how do they keep their bodies healthy? What's the key to being able to train for a long time? Man, you need to respect your body. You know, the first thing, understand your body also. You know, because when you know I trained during 37 years. You know. It's a long time. I, and, and I never hurt like some big problem like uh, uh, joints. No, just muscles, something like this. But I, I respect my body. And then I, I know when I, I need to stop because rest is training, you know. When you rest, you, you keep training. It's important you rest. Sometimes I talk with Vicente because when he was more younger, my gym, he was training like seven classes a day. And then, BJ, please stop a little bit <laughs> resting. <laughs> but he was younger, right? But he understand my words. And then he, when I, I was I talking with him about this, this stuff, so rest. And then he, he followed my, my words. And then he keep training hard during a long time. And then I hope he keep training <laughs> during more, a long time and a couple of years 
to keep competing, you know, is very important. What do you think, VJ? What do you think the, the key to staying on the mat is? You got to respect your body. Uh, I give that example to my students all the time, like, our body is a great machine. It's just like a car, you know what I mean? It's just like any other, other machine. You need to put a good gas, you need to do the oil change, you need to turn the filters. You, you can't, like, stick too much in one gear or you're going to blow the engine, you know what I mean? It's like... It's just like it's just like a car, you know. Like I, I say that all the time in a in a comp class. I say, man, if you have like if you spend a lot of money to buy a Ferrari, and you put like a, a water on a gas tank, does that gonna work? And they're like, oh no. It's like exactly. You need to put like a good gas. You can put a cheaper gas. You can put any type of gas because you're gonna you're gonna hurt your your car. You're gonna spend money for nothing. That's the same thing with us. Sometimes we spend like. A lot of money to buy like a really good gear, but we don't eat very well. We go like every weekends or every day to drink beer. I mean, I'm not saying that you're not going to enjoy your life, but at least be, you know, moderate, like at least be try to be smart, you know, and and try to. Um, I have this with uh, younger students nowadays that 16, 17, they're... They have a good life. They have parents with, uh, you know, like wealthy parents. And, you know, especially nowadays, the parents put a lot of time and money on their kids uh, to they're being successful, but sometimes the kids become spoiled and, you know, they go late to the bed, they have nice cars, they drive, then they don't come back to the, the home earlier, like to, to sleep, they, they eat, you know, junk food, they go to... You know, and it, it, it's hard because then you go to the tournament and you have cramps. Then you do one match, two mats. Then you don't know why you don't have the strength to do another third mat. And always I'd say, man, you need to go early to the bed, you know. And they, like, complain to me. Then I was like, trust me, I heard that before. <laughs> trust me. I've be the, been there before, you know. I, 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 I totally agree with him. It's definitely it's respect your body, follow the rules. Treat your life the way you're supposed to. So, Master Daly, have you came up training with the great Carlson Gracie, with some of the legends of jiu-jitsu, some really tough guys who are also, a lot of them, larger than you. And I'm wondering, what was it like as a smaller person training at the Carlson Gracie Academy? Yeah, because in Carlson Gracie's team, uh, during a long time, the, the, almost the, the, the people, like, huge guys, you know, big guys. You know, but I'm, I think I'm, I'm a lucky guy because I'm, I'm very flexible. You know, and then uh, for me, it's, it's, when I was training with that guys, is 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 very important because for sure I'm I'm training hard also, but when I flexible, I use for my my in my favor, you know, to 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 train with these guys, you know, and then of course when the, the people ask me, ah, let's let's go to train, okay, and then I pulling guard every time. Because I'm, I'm felt more, 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 more comfortable in this position. In this time, it's good for me because I improve and develop my, my game in, in the, in the battle, in the guard game. And then I just say thanks for, for my team, to, to, to help me in, in this, this kind of positions. You know? The people pass my guard, and then I'm, I'm flexible, and then I, I play whole day doing just on the bar, and then I improve my, my jiu-jitsu in my guard, you know. 
So some of the guys that you trained with, you trained with Murillo Bustamante, one of the best of all time. I believe you trained with Cassio Cardoso. Yeah. Who are some of your, like, and I think Cassio Cardoso has to be one of the most underrated guys in jiu-jitsu history. I'm curious, who some of, were some of your toughest training partners who helped you the most? And who do you think people don't know about as much as they should when they think about jiu-jitsu history? Well, for me, all of the guys, is, is, is hard training, you know. It's not just the, the, the big guys or the strong guys, you know. Because when you, you need to, to get in better your, your, your game, you need to have a focus, you know, you need to, to go to the gym and, and then do your best, you know. But that guy's in you know, my time. Eh? We have uh, Rosado, Rosenthal, Peixotinho, guys like, but not young guys, you know, but experienced. And then I, I, I follow these guys. Because uh, in Carson Gates schools, not like you just go to the mat and then start to train and then row, 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 row. No, no class like like VJ give, or like me. I, I teach. I do some stretch and some some step like this, and then I put I show some techniques and then put the train. In Carson Gates, no, you just come to the gym, go to the mat, and then train with the guys. And they just share some information, and then the. On that time, a long time ago, but now changed a little bit, and then now I think it's better this way now. Like my class, like VJ class, teaching like like this. Yeah. So so you guys would just basically roll. You guys would yeah. just spar and share yeah. knowledge. Wow. So w one question uh, that I'm gonna I'm gonna ask VJ a variant on. You, so you trained with the great Carlson Gracie. What is the most important thing you think you learned from him, or the most the best advice you ever got from Carlson? Oh. Learn from him for sure because he he teach like a little bit different Carson. He he when he saw your your, your, your game, he don't show like techniques. I ah, put your hand there, just like a switch your grip. Don't control the lapel, control his sleeve, and then you man, it's crazy because he he understand the game, but no like technical stuff, but just change some stuff, you know, and then it's the Carson Grace uh, style too. To teach like a good technical, but not show many many stuff, much details. You know, just uh, put your foot on, not put your foot on the, his hip, put on the the hook on his knee, and then that's it. It's working perfect for. But and then, of course, the the the, the guys on the gym share informations. They know about techniques, talk about, it, and then roll during two hours, three hours, and then keep training. <laughs> whole day, you know. So, Vijay, I'm going to ask you the same question, but what, what do you think the best advice you've gotten from Master De La Hiva is, or the best, the, the, the single thing that you've learned from him that you're the most grateful for? Uh, definitely the life lessons. <laughs> definitely <laughs> the life lessons. Um, the words, the words, you know. <laughs> Obviously, like, it's always something like, uh, for jiu-jitsu, I remember uh, this is one of the most clear moments of, to me until nowadays. Uh, I remember was because I, I, I used to go to Rio mostly to compete and train to compete at Worlds. And I used to put... Uh, a lot of save a lot of money just to go to to Rio and spend uh, about like a month, two months, three months there just training for compete at Worlds. And I remember I was like uh, doing like a backscape and with positional drill and 
one of the guys, I don't remember if it was a Rafinha or Gil was on my back, and I was like, try to impress him. I said, like, he's all technical, like, try to put a hand in the right place. Then he came to me, just like, man, look, you need to pay attention. Like, you compete the way you train. Like, then I was like, what do you mean? Then I was like, Look, if you if you get a frog and put like in a in a bucket with a hot water, what does the frog gonna do? Then I was like, well, I mean, I kind of like know what to put the frog inside the hot water, but I guess he's gonna start jump. Then he's just like, yeah, exactly. And then I was like, oh, okay, so it means like, do I have to jump? Then he's like, no, you just gotta like try to escape from the back, kind of like it's the last thing you gotta do in your life, not like because you're not gonna have a time to do that. So and that stick on my mind like forever, like you train the way you will compete the way you train. So you gotta like figure out like the really way, but definitely uh, the most important things it's is the life lessons like because i um when i was in rio i had the the privilege to you know like to go out a lot with him hang out with him on the beach and sometimes like wake up early and walk from his house to the gym talking to him you know so uh, i had the privilege to know master de la Riva as Ricardo Della Riva, not the black belt, you know what I mean? And, and I think like the life lessons, it's the most important. I was telling to Jeff, the, uh, our friend Jeff yesterday, um, what I wish for my jiu-jitsu career, like for my life nowadays, it at least one student of mine has with me the same connection I feel when I have him with me. Because if I feel that they student feel to me the same thing that I feel about Master De La Riva, mission accomplished. <laughs> Exciting news from Toro BJJ. The best jiu-jitsu gi company just got better. The new Toro BJJ gi comes out in August in just a couple of weeks, designed by yours truly, and it's the best looking gi we've ever done. You know the high quality Toro BJJ products that you get and you see around at local tournaments. Well, the next gi is gonna blow your mind. And so we're gonna advertise that both here on the program and on dirtywhitebelt.com, so be sure to check it out. If you wanna know the story behind the gi, how the symbolism came to be, why I designed it the way I did, why I picked the colors the way I did, you can go to dirtywhitebelt.com slash blog and hear the whole story. I always like getting products that have a story behind it, especially when I can get them from a local company that supports local athletes, and Toro BJJ does just that. Check them out at torobjj.com or at Cageside Fight Shop in Durham at 124 Lotter Road. At this point, I asked Ricardo de la Riva for memories of Vicente Jr. as a younger athlete. And you can hear in the background VJ say, you're not allowed to ask him that. But I'm glad that I actually was because these things happened. Yeah, I think every teacher would want that for their students. And so to, to, to sort of build off that, like, do you have favorite memories of either coaching VJ during competitions or teaching with him, seminar trips, things like that, uh, when you all were training together? You know, yes, man, no, all <laughs> is, is important, you know, you know, because when you, when you, you see one guy like, like VJ uh, came to, to Rio de Janeiro uh, alone, uh, far from his family, to, to train, to compete, it, this is the, the, it's very, very important for us. And then, of course, I, I'm his master in, uh, inside the mat, but outside, how he said before, uh, we normal people like friends, you know, know just master the whole time. It's it's not nice when he 
you, you, you saw one student uh, to, you know, to try to, to follow you and, and uh, how I say, I'll say, go on me. Ah, follow your steps. Yeah, follow my steps, you know. And then this is, but it's not just one thing, ah, it's, it's competition uh, or it's when he, it's, uh, it's his life. It's all, everything is together and then I think it's, this is the, 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 the best part the, and between me and, and, and VJ in our life, you know. I'm curious because, like, obviously there's a lot of loyalty here. And so Carlson is famous for sort of popularizing the term crayonche. And I'm curious what you think about the role of loyalty in jiu-jitsu, loyalty to one's instructor, and, and, and how you feel about that. No, because it's during a long time this, this was, okay, crayonche, but, you know, the jiu-jitsu changed, you know. And then now in my, my gym I receive people from all, all of the world, you know, and then the different schools, you know, and then, because you is from the, the world, you know, not just uh, De La Riva or Gracie or whatever, you know, it's for uh, everyone. We need to, to, to share the, the techniques and, you know. Yeah, I, I agree with him too. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, back in the day, I was kind of like, I was mining for this stuff. But uh, yeah, I think jiu-jitsu is for everyone. Obviously, you know, like as a professor, like I sometimes I, pref I, I do prefer my students go to certain places to train and not go to those specific places, you know, just for the environment and uh, lack of instruction and stuff like that. But I think... Uh, you gotta be open mind. You gotta like jujitsu. I see jujitsu like you. Any any line of work, you know, you need to you need to train. You need to learn. You need to consistently improve in your game. And and also, I, I I'm here in Maryland. I work with a lot of military. You know what I mean? Like the guys are here with me six months training. Then they gone. You know. Then they come like for another six months. And the majority of them come in like purple belts, brown belts. You know, like sometimes black belts. So if you, I think I'm the most like non-politic gym here around the area. If you walk in my match, you see people with uh, Gracie Baja batch, and they've been training with me for like two years. Like people from like Saulo Ribeiro, people from like all over, like Alliance. And uh, I remember one time a guy asking me, "It's like, man, how did you do that?" And I was like, "Man." As far as they feel comfortable, as far as they're happy, they training, that's what I'm worried about it. You know, that's what I care. What they have on their geese, like their pads, I mean, doesn't matter to me. Yeah, you need to, to show up your, your jiu-jitsu, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's important. People know your game, you know, your, your class, you know. I think the, the mind, we, need, we, we change a little bit. You know, the, the new professor now uh, understand and then Man, it's it's for for sure the jujitsu for for everybody. So I'm curious about the role of competition and and how each of you feel about that because you competed late into your 30s and I'm wondering uh, a couple of questions like do you do you have favorite competition matches? Do you have matches that you look back on and say I'm really proud of that match, or do you have matches that your students competed in that you're like oh, I'm really proud of the way that guy did at that tournament or that particular match? Does anything stand out to you? Well, for the beginning, of course, uh, I have. I compete a lot, you know, but different times, you know. Right now, the the, the competition 
I think it's, it's, of course it's, it's more, more harder, you know, more, more people uh, competing, you know, and then I think the, the, the level is so high right now. Not just the technical, but the condition of physical condition, you know. And then I keep keeping uh, going, uh, growing this. But it's important the IBJJF keep uh, control some rules, you know, to protect the the competitors, you know. And you, VJ keep. I I'm stopped competing a long time, but VJ keep competing. Then he. He understands much better than they meet mm -hmm. this, this kind of stuff. But it's different times, you know, on my time and, and now. But I think much better now. And, and the, the IBJJF uh, work is, is very good and important for uh, the jiu-jitsu keeping growing, you know. Do you have any? Did you get to watch Master De La Hiva compete much, VJ? And what do you, what do you think about the competition? Yes, actually, I, I was helping him for one of his uh, his competitions. Yeah. Actually, I, I helped him for two. I try, I mean, I try, obviously. <laughs> I don't think I help as much, but uh, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was there for, so yeah, three, ADCC three, then I see, like, I can't even remember his, the age. Um, yeah, when he had his return after 10 years not competing at 2002, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah then he's like, uh, I was I was there with him, like, he pretty much, like, came back, like, in a few months, two months, three months, yeah. right? Yeah, like, diet, training, uh, that's when he... He is at the age of 37, yeah. am I correct? 39. 39, 39, yeah. 39 he competed at Words Adult, and he got third place. I still think, like, they, that match should not end the way it ended, but that's okay. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, I was there. I helped him. I got a chance to, to watch him compete at Words, like, against, like, adult. And it was amazing. Like, it was amazing. I was there. I was there. Um... Uh, helping him actually after the match, like stretching him, giving him a massage. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Thank you, BJ. Yeah. Man, good I support. Was, good support. Very good. That. I'm very nervous. <laughs> and then he gave me more, more yeah. easy. You know, you need to stay with good people, you know, uh, around you. And then in this moment, he, he, he helped me in my, in, my, in my coaching, training, you know. And then yeah, it's good when you feel the energy when the, that guys, you know, and then thank you, Vijay, again for your support. <laughs> what made you decide to compete after 10 years not competing? What, 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 what inspired you to do that? It's not, I, 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 you know, it just, for me, proves something for, for myself, you know. Because when I said about the, the change, the, the rules, and then... For I think it's the first, not the first world champion, but 2002. When I need, I I think I, I need to 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 feel the the feel the the, the change, jujitsu old jujitsu then the the new, and then it's, I feel hard man, <laughs> and then I need to stop again and then, but it's okay. I it's this time it's important, and then my my students can uh, uh, saw me competing and then just for fulfill the, the the energy the the pressure again and then I feel hard <laughs> after that he did the DCC then I was there for a few months then after that he did another fight again but it was already here in the states but um, 
he came for a, a week seminars, like a tour seminars. Then I was with him going to Maine, coming back. So he was, uh, it was like his fight with Yukinakai. Yeah. Wow. Then, uh, yeah. yeah, then we, we trained a little bit. We just had a chance to, to roll yeah. and, and do some <laughs> like specific. Yeah, 2013, something 2013. like that. Yeah. So I always like, um, I had, I, I mean, that's, that's what I say. Like, uh, we, we have this like really cool connection. It's not like outside the match, but like I had the privilege to like in three situations of his career that he was coming back. I was there and I could like at least like train a little bit with him. And this is, uh, this is amazing. It's always good when you, you have like a, this type of a leadership, you know what I mean? Like today I have kind of like, I have my team, I have my gym, you know, like I'm not like technically like associate to his, his, uh, his whole team, you know, I have, but I still, he's a student. I still train with him. I still go to Brazil train and he's still bringing me here. And it's nice. Like we still have that, this, this like instructor, student and friends connection, you know, like uh, I feel really, um, uh, blast to have that with him. Uh, right now I don't compete, but if you came, Jeff, uh, a couple minutes ago, we shared some techniques here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, the, and the ground, you know. It was here, definitely, yeah, now, it was funny. <laughs> but now, you know, it's, because in a couple minutes I show some techniques in the seminar. Mm -hmm. And then he, he, he support me now. And then I, I show him, oh, I want to show these stuff. And then now, we keep uh, change the uh, knowledge, you know. And then it's very, very important. You know, he learned a lot. He knows many, many, many things. And then, of course, I, I, I don't know everything, but I learn with him. And then, right now. I, 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 I teach him during a long time. I teach him during a long time. But now I learn a lot also, you know. Thank you, Vier. <laughs> he's lying. He's being nice. He's just being nice. <laughs> So when you all are teaching your students, and like VJ, I'll, I'll ask you first, like how important do you think it is for everybody to compete? Do you think everybody needs to compete at least once? Is it something you encourage your students to do, or how do you think about that? Well, nowadays we have like two, I mean, we have like kind of like many types of students, you know what I mean? I try to divide that in two parts, like the ones like really wants to be champions and the ones just go to the gym or, you know, like that, that second part, it's divided in many others, which is like, you know, people want to stress, people want to, you know, just go there and, you know, they, they spend a day at work. They just want to do some uh, physical activity. I still think, I still believe that the tournament uh, itself, it's obviously help you improve faster because sometimes you, you come to the class and you say like, hey guys, uh, we have a tournament, who wants to compete? Then few say, okay, me, me, then someone come after class and say, oh, professor, I don't know what I have to do to do the tournament, I don't know, I'm a beginner. And I tell them and say, look, if you haven't competed, if you haven't trained hard, you never will be able to draw a line and know what you need, you know, like, so you need to train hard, you need to go to a tournament at least once to figure out, like, if you like or not. You can't tell you don't like or you can't not tell, look, I need that if you haven't done. So I still think, like, uh, tournaments, the best kind of, like, a way to to improve your jiu-jitsu because if you're a natural competitor, it's going to push you forward. Mm 
if you're not competitive you're just gonna kind of like okay i don't want to compete i don't like it so and i mean it doesn't mean you're never going to improve your jiu-jitsu but obviously the guy that is drives by competition has that natural instinct to, to compete he's obviously is always gonna push harder he's always gonna be at the match he's always gonna but i'm not like hey you gotta compete you gotta compete you know like we're not in this, this time anymore you know like where gyms was just full of competitors badass people that want to just smash you you know like now you have people just want to you know train want to have fun some of them really want to get their black belts and be a good instructors you know what i mean and sometimes be a champion doesn't mean you're a great instructor you know like sometimes like we see quite few cases obviously and guys they are great coaches great professors and they barely compete you know and in my my time when I was uh, young, when I was competing, uh, Carson uh, forced you to compete <laughs> all time. You next month you compete. Oh, what? 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 But I'm stop one month and then you come back. Oh, two weeks you need to compete. Okay, and then I, I'm I know it's in, in, in my class and right now I have people uh, to have fun in the gym. Some people want to. To compete hard, you know, and then you, you need to to understand each one, and then you need to for sure you need to to, to see the that your your guys. Of course, sometimes you need to 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 uh, push, yeah? yeah, push the guy. But some people doesn't work well like like this, and then you first you need to to understand better your your students, you know, and this is important. Whatever you you want in the gym, but it's important you one day you you try, you know. Ah, are you gonna try uh, uh, compete? No problem. If you have fun in the gym, but you want to try more competition, okay, you can go. But it's up to you if you want to keep competing or not, you know. But I I, I know it's important. You understand your your guys. If you need to push the guy or no, you know. And that's it. That's it. So you're not going to force him like Carl? <laughs> U.S. Grappling has another tournament coming up. Now, you know how well-run the U.S. Grappling tournaments are, and you know how good a time everybody has there, but what you might not know is that you can either register early online at usgrappling.com or you can enter our contest to get one of our two sponsorships to upcoming U.S. Grappling tournaments. Details about that are on dirtywhitebelt.com slash blog. You can also register online at their website, usgrappling.com. Go check out the best run tournaments around and tell them we sent you. This is the 100th episode of Dirty White Belt Radio, and you're listening to a conversation between me, Vicente Jr., and Master Ricardo de la Hiva. Vicente is one of uh, Ricardo de la Hiva's black belts. He has his fourth degree black belt. You just heard us talking about what it was like to train under the legendary Carlson Gracie, about how Carlson would sometimes just make you compete and surprise you and say, hey, you're going to compete next weekend, even though you hadn't been training for a month. In our last part of our conversation, we talked for about 15 minutes over a delicious breakfast, uh, and thank you for that, about who the best competitors of all time are, about whether Hodger Gracie is clearly the best of all time, about his match with Puchecha, and about much, much more. I learned a lot from this conversation and had a great time, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed conducting it. So a lot of people say that sport and self-defense are really different, and I'm wondering what you think about self-defense and whether when you were training with Carlson, did he show the Elio Gracie self-defense? Yeah, one my, my first classes, 
just self-defense. You you just go to the mat with to train uh, on the ground like jiu-jitsu, mm -hmm. you know, just like uh, one month, you know. But in the first, you need just doing the the self-defense mm -hmm. right, from the beginning, first class, you know. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's nice. It's, it's important, you know. You, but right now for the the the, the sport for the the tournaments, you know, right now the people just wants to, to learn just the the uh, BJJ uh, positions, no more the the self defense. But I think it's it's it's, it's good. It's, it's okay if you put in our class some some techniques with self-defense, I think it's nice, no? No, Vijay, what do you think? Yeah, I think so, I mean, I I started on judo, so I'm I'm very, very, like, against, like, the club type of thing, you know what I mean? I like, you know, like, discipline, doctrine, like, you walk in a match, you respect the instructor, so I'm totally in favor of, you know, like, you start really with the base because people come with the class and it's funny you're talking about Brimbola. <laughs> like before in an interview, uh, people want to go and learn the coolest technique, but we just we just like uh, watched a few weeks ago that, you know, like Roger Grace come back from nowhere, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, nowhere the way everybody thinks, but we know, like, I knew, like, you would do that because I've been watching Roger since he was a blue belt, and his game is very precisely basic and pressured, and he showed the word, like, basic is still work. So I'm really, I'm really totally favor of, you know, um, you emphasize like everything, you know, like hip skate, front row, back row, every single class because you use that every day. And like Idela Riva does, we do the same thing. We have the, the uh, fundamentals class uh, twice a week that we stick with like self-defense, with... Uh, you know, the basic is, you know, uh, and we, it has a cycle. That cycle is always like go to the end and reset. So you're always learning that. We don't have like a specific class that teaches the self-defense, but I, I, it's important to have it, you know, like because some, some students, they like it. They, they feel comfortable to learn and see that it, it that is that incorporate. As a matter of fact, I went to one of uh, Hoysi Gracie seminar and enjoy. It was it was cool. It was obviously different than than any other seminar that I went before. You know, as a competitor, as a black competitor, black belt. But you know, it was it was a good seminar. Because in seminar you have some black belts, white belts. You know, every every single one together in the same class. Mm -hmm. And then we need to to show techniques not just for the black belts, but for the white belts, blue, purple, brown, and black. And then it's the same like a, a class, regular class, you know? And then you need to, I like to start with some basic stuff, and then I, I'm going to put more details in the technique, and then, okay, for the black belt, it's, it's okay. But everyone needs to, to enjoy the, the class or the seminar, you know? So Vijay mentioned uh, Hodger coming back and beating Buchecha, and what an incredible achievement, like beating the current best in the world after not having competed regularly for years. I'm wondering, like, do you think Hodger is the best competitor of all time? And if he's not, what names are on the best competitors of, of all time list? Who do, you, who do you think the best is? Right now, you know, it's hard if you say it's the best one. In the, that day, 
he's the best. <laughs> because he, he, he submits the guy, you know. But maybe other days, not, not happen the same, you know. But, you know, he, he, I, I think he, I, I, I teach one, one seminar on his, his gym in, in London, and then he teach in my gym also, you know. And then, man, he's really, really good, you know. But I don't like to, to say the, 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 the bad, como é que eu vou falar, ele foi melhor. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, that day he was the best. Yeah. Yeah. He was the best. Yeah. He had the bad, bad, better game. He he could he could like uh, he could put like his game to work that day. He was he was the best competitor that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, sorry. I, I agree with him, Master Dalhiva. I mean, it, it's hard to say because Jiu Jitsu. It's like it's that's the the beauty about Jiu Jitsu. Jiu Jitsu evolve every not days, like every minute, every second, you know, like people create new positions, new techniques, new ways to, you know, like, look, if you hold upside down, if you hold that way, it's like, it's make, it's hard to you to tell, oh, he's the best competitor of all the time, you know, I mean, it's hard. It's, um, I don't think we can, we can like classify that way. I mean, because like you see like Bushesha, one words, class on open class, you know, and he was coming, like, everybody's like, man, he's good. And he's good, don't take me wrong, you know. But then, like, Roger came, yeah, that day, Roger proved that he's still the top one, you know. Like, and now you kind of, like, you can't know for sure because it, it's an endless question, you know what I mean? Because has the Grand Prix right now, but she's like, but Roger, like, is out of the Grand Prix. He's just like, okay, I did what I have to do. I'm out. <laughs> a different question though, like who are some of your favorite guys to watch? Like whether, whether you think that person has really beautiful jujitsu or jujitsu that you admire, just for having fun, like who, like either when you were competing regularly or now, who are some of your favorite guys that you've seen? I don't know if you agree, but I like the Mendes brothers. I love this guys, Mendes. It's not so just the, because of course, the guy when training hard, hard nice, but when the, when you, you see the guy teaching, it's, it's it's very man, it's amazing that guys, man. Congratulations, because I'm, I'm it's very proud of these guys, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Master Delahiva. I I I have a chance to watch them compete like a few times, and uh, and they're. They're very like they're very technical. Like they teach very well. You know, I have a, a chance to to watch some of their their instructionals and their they point like really good details. You know, <laughs> don't take me wrong. We're not doing like any marketing for them, but like I mean, it's just speaking the truth. Um, yeah, I remember I was watching one of the tournaments like. Uh, Alpha competing and I saw like his like two mats and I could like clearly like see that he was like saving his jiu-jitsu all to the last match, you know what I mean? And someone was like, man, this guy's good. Then I looked to, yeah, I looked to Samir, I actually was Samir, I looked to Samir and said, Samir, he's not even trying. <laughs> trust me, like he's saving for the final. Then Samir like, no man, I said, trust me, I can tell he's not even trying. And like, and that's it. That's actually the final against like Cobrinha, and that's what the actually the best year that he fought against Cobrinha. Like he, he did, he didn't submit Cobrinha, but he's like well, was was all over the place. And it's hard. You see like a black belt on that level nowadays. 
compete against another black belt kind of like he's a purple belt or a blue belt you know what i mean like and then you're kind of like are you serious you know it's it's hard it's hard to see that but and, and, and they do it you know and they do it We've talked to you about Cageside Fight Company on the program before, and Cageside.com is still the best place to get all of your fight gear needs. No matter what martial art you practice, you'll find something at a great price with tremendous customer service on Cageside.com. A couple of things available on the site right now. There's more than 50% of the Cageside best part of waking up rash guard. For those of us that do early morning jujitsu, we know these are high quality rash guards that speak to our particular interests. There's also some terrific Muay Thai shin guards, the Cageside tank shin guards, which are super high quality and because we just did leg kicks at class this week are on my mind so if you need some striking gear check that out whether you grapple whether you strike whether you do both you won't be sorry that you went to cageside.com U.S. Grappling is our favorite tournament organization for a lot of reasons. Run by grapplers for grapplers, U.S. Grappling consistently provides the best tournament experience for competitors. Whether it's a points tournament or submission only, and U.S. Grappling runs true no-time-limit submission-only events, it's the best place to compete and to watch your friends compete. Check out upcoming events and register online at usgrappling.com. I'd like to give you each an opportunity to talk a little bit about your students and like, you know, so Master De La Hiva, obviously VJ is a successful instructor, won a, you know, a, a major force for De La Hiva Jiu-Jitsu. I'm wondering what, what other students that you've produced are you, are you proudest of? Not just, I, I don't like to, to suggest one name, you know, sure. because it's, if you try your best, man, this is the most important, you know. Today I'm here, Alexei Cruz, man. For me, this guy is one of my, my students from white to black belt. He's, he follow my steps like, like VJ, like not just the technique stuff, but like uh, life, you know, everything, family, you know. This is the most important for me. Uh, and, man, I by his, his side, Vicente, you know, and then I, I stay in his house. I, 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 I see him like a... Daddy, like a husband, you know, like uh, this is the for me the the VJ is the the most important. Now Alexei Cruz, I have many other guys. Now I have my 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 team. Like I start to do my affiliation. I have so I like 62 schools, but you know, each one is different than they are young guys, old guys, you know, different countries, you know, culture, you know, it's different. But, uh, you know, we are Brazilian, you know, and then it's different than European guys, than American guys, you know. Sure. But, you know, it's, 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 all of these guys have this. I am proud for all, all of these guys, you know. So Vijay, you have many black belts of your own, many up and coming students as well. Are there, are there guys that you particularly think, like, I'm proud of that guy, I'm proud of this guy? Yeah, as a uh, a life, I'm I, I mean like Delahue, like I told you before, like an in interview. Uh, I'm very old school, like very about like discipline, doctrine, and stuff like that. I really like I really believe in karma, so I really, <laughs> I 
I really like proud of those guys there. For example, I have a few black belts in Brazil and I'm proud of those guys there, you know, like they've been doing like a, such a great work without me there. You know, I'm going there like a, once, a, once a year and I have like, uh, you know, the guy, like his name's Decordy, like Nai and a few other guys there, they're students, they're guys that follow them and I see how much those guys that look up to me, you know, like look up to me and like and try to follow my steps. And those are the guys that they are really proud of. Um, as a competitors, I have like a really good team here that is doing like very well at the tournaments. You know, I I can I can't give names. You know, I mean, it's 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 hard. Like Master Del Hill say, it's hard. I don't want to point one and not, don't don't talking about another one. But you know, uh, yeah. But like right now, my 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 business partners like Lance, Kai, and Nate, they're like the most guys that I'm really proud of what they achieve with BJJ Conquest and as a school here in Maryland. And then I have like Casey in uh, PA Combat Sports in Pennsylvania, and like those guys do a great job, you know, like as a leadership. And like that's where we're looking the most, you know, like. Those guys that has like a really good leadership and has, and, and they have like a good characters, you know. So that's what, that's what mostly I'm looking for. So a lot of the people that listen to the show are blue belts or purple belts that are like on their journey. They're trying to get to that next level. What do you think the best advice or the best, like if you could give one piece of advice to that blue belt trying to get to the next level of skill, the next level of competition, what, what do you think that advice would be? You know, uh, it's, it's hard to, uh, because uh, I, in my school I don't have like an exam to the guy jump the, the, the belt, you know. To, I, I need to, to see the, 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 not just technical stuff, you know, but how the guy, uh, how the guy uh, behave in the gym. You know, like friendly, and like uh, training uh, hard or no, you know. This is the most important for me, for the guy. Mm -hmm. Change his belt to white to blue, blue to purple, purple to, to brown. Just the brown to, to back. Right now I start to, to, to put some stuff in my gym. Like the guy need to, to, to teach, you know. Because he, he learn a lot, and then when he need he come to to get his black, he need to teach how to 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 teach, mm -hmm. you know, and then, but it's not just technical competition or is is in, inside the gym, everything inside friendly, uh, make some friends, you know, that's it for me. It's to to change the belt is is this way the the student need to do. Um, I would say for the the beginners, people that um, not only the one is just started, but the blue belts, just don't quit. You know, like just keep doing. Um, <laughs> that's the that's the most. <clears throat> um, I have this thing on me, like um, some tough things happen in my life, and I always like think it could be worse. You know what I mean? And uh, that's the same thing on, on jujitsu. Um, you gotta think like it, it could be worse, you know what I mean? That's where that's how you improve, you know, like with pressure, you know. You 
got the class, sometimes you do very well. Sometimes you're not mentally in there and you're not gonna do well. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna fade in that class. So don't quit. Just keep doing, you know, focus on the foundation always, you know, like is that very important? Learn the new move, the new technique, yes. I mean you got you have to, but without the foundation you can build a good structure, you know what I mean? Like, you need the foundation, you need to focus on the foundation. Everything, like, front row, back row, hipscape, you know, and you need to understand why you do that and when you do that, and and you're going to do great, and don't quit. That's our 100th show. My thanks to Ricardo De La Hiva and Vicente Jr. for the memorable interview and the great advice. But that's not all. If you want to see photos from the seminar and a bunch of extras, you can go to dirtywhitebelt.com slash blog or our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash cagesideradio. Many of you know this if you've read the blog, but as a five-day countdown to this show, we posted two blog items a day all week. We reviewed what shows have been most popular with links to those, so if you want to check out the back catalog, you can. We reviewed what videos we posted that have received the most views, from instructional videos to culture videos to advice videos, as well as a lot of personal recollections. And we also announced a couple of big contests that I want to hip you to if you, if you haven't read the blog. We're sponsoring two athletes for an upcoming U.S. grappling tournament of their choice. You can learn details about how to enter that on the blog. It's not hard, but we do want to get you involved and engaged with the show, as well as get you competing at U.S. grappling. And just to get this on your radar screen, for the first time, we're going to be giving end-of-year awards for jiu-jitsu in the Carolinas. We're going to be giving such awards as Coach of the Year, Competitor of the Year, many, many more. The Dirty White Belt Radio Awards, which I can only hope will be nicknamed the Dirties eventually, are going to be announced at the end of the year. The way this is going to work is we're going to have open nominations for each of the award categories, and a panel of distinguished judges will decide the results. We have specific uh, information about who is eligible and how to nominate that will go up on the blog very soon. But for now, just check out dirtywhitebelt.com.blog for details. More to come on that. For now, though, I want to thank everyone for listening. My name is Jeff Shaw. The co-hosts of the show are Betsy O'Donovan and Lourdes Cantu. Our Patreon supporters at the podcast shout-out level are Betty Broadhurst, Cody Malte, Chris Holmes, and Carl Krebs. You can join them for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash dirtywhitebelt. By joining, you're helping to support the show, and you're also getting access to a lot of cool extras that only our Patreon subscribers do. This is Dirty White Belt Radio on WHUP-LP-FM in Hillsboro, North Carolina, and we're going to see you next week. (laughs) 